Yep, I am just accepting the fact that I will never plan when I'm actually recording a podcast because I completely planned on recording this one. It's currently Thursday on Tuesday, but I have been sick as fuck. And it's one of those colds that goes through every symptom you could possibly have. Like you start with a sore throat and then it leads into like sinus stuff. And the next thing you know, you're coughing and then it's like the whole thing. It's been horrible. But with that, it's kind of ironic because I am, this is the first episode that is interviewing someone and having a guest on, and they're not going to be anonymous. She is a stress and anxiety coach, and I just think it's so ironic because I have been extremely stressed out this week considering I was supposed to have a really busy week. I was supposed to get a lot of shit done. God had other plans. He threw this cold at me. I can't tell you the last time I was sick. I literally think I got sick almost a year ago. And so I had to push back this interview. I had to push back a bunch of calls. I had to push back work that I thought I'd be able to get done, but I was too tired to get done. You can hear it in my voice that I'm nasally as hell. And for that reason alone, I was actually going to push back the interview because I rescheduled it for tomorrow, I was going to push it back to next week. But my friend was like, yo, I'm not going to lie. Like, I get you not wanting to record when you're like nasally and like coughing, but that is relatable all within itself is like, again, the podcast isn't perfect. I know I'm not a perfect podcaster. I just started. I still have no idea what I'm doing, but yeah, I'm just showing up because I guess it is relatable, but also I just have a lot of good stuff to say. And so I just think that I am personally kind of stressed about the fact that I had to push back so much stuff this week. And I just feel like now next week is going to be stressful just as well. And so what better time to have a stress and anxiety coach on and especially someone that has been through their own struggles of going through stress and anxiety and their own story. And so it's really cool because today Liz Leonard wellness with Liz on Instagram. That's her handle. She is going to come on and talk about her story a little bit and how that led into her becoming a stress and anxiety coach. And I think that when you can hear someone's experience and story and connect it as to why they are doing what they are today, it's a very beautiful thing. It's very cool. Like for me, I'm starting this podcast because I have my own story with mental health that again, I'm saving for another couple months. You know, maybe it'll come sooner or later. But when you hear why someone is starting something and why they're so passionate about it and why they're so good at it, just naturally, it's because they have a story behind it and they have something to say. And so I'm so excited to welcome Liz on. She is such an amazing person that I've gotten to know this year. And I'm happy to say that I will know her for the rest of my life. And I just really, truly believe that you guys are going to take something away from her in terms of if you deal with stress and anxiety, which we all do to a certain degree. But yeah, I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoy the first episode where I have a guest on. I am really nervous. It's the night before and I'm nervous. I'm like afraid that I'm going to have nothing to say or I'm gonna blank out mid-sentence and you know what if I do who fucking cares this is a passion project who fucking cares so anyways I will see you guys tomorrow when we pick up the interview and yeah see you then
Okay, so it's the next day, but something, I'm still just as stuffy, so whatever. Something that I also want to point out before uh, Liz comes on is I think it's really cool that she's the first guest because I felt the most resonated with her and her story and what she does considering she was someone that I definitely needed back when I was going through a really hard time in college because I didn't understand what anxiety was. I didn't understand the value of talking to someone and being able to learn how to express my emotions. I felt like all of that was really, really tough. And a lot of that was because I felt like nobody related to my story and what I was going through and that they didn't go through a hard time either. And I just felt like I was so alone in going what I was going through and nobody, I just didn't feel like anybody was qualified or like could relate enough for me to be like, okay, that makes sense. Like she went through a really hard time and she was able to come out on the other side because she talked through it. She went to therapy or whatever she did and that helped. Like I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had, well, I didn't have someone that went through the same thing that I did and or something similar as like a really... Uh, dark place. And so, yeah, she's just someone that I definitely needed back in college. And so five years later, I have her now. And now you guys get to have a piece of what she has to give to the world. And so I am so excited to have her on. Also, before you start the episode, I just want to put out a quick trigger warning between 12 minutes and 15 seconds and 15 minutes and 15 seconds if suicide and drug abuse is something that feels sensitive or triggering. All right. Adios. But I was recording a little bit before this because I was saying how much I needed someone like you back when I was going through a really hard time in college because I had nobody to relate to. Like I didn't have anybody that was open enough or had went through something like traumatic enough. I know that sounds like horrible, but like traumatic enough to relate to and be like, okay, well, I see they made it to the other side they feel a lot better. They did that through talking to somebody and through, you know, getting therapy possibly, or maybe not, but they took steps that worked for them to help them get to the other side. Like I didn't have that. I had people that were like sympathizing with me and empathizing, but that's not enough. Like for me, that wasn't enough. And so I just feel like you are someone that I wish I knew and had back when I was going through a hard time, like for real. Yeah. I, that's honestly like how I try to like show up every day is just who I wish I had when I was going through the same thing. Cause I I didn't really have anyone. And so navigating it alone, like you said, is like tough and yeah, you have your people, right. That are like, I'm here for you. I love you, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, honestly, empathy and stuff like that, like sympathy, not empathy, sympathy. There's a difference about it and we can talk about it, but Uh sympathy can actually be like dangerous for the nervous system because you're, it's like a lot of people who are going through trauma, try not to talk about it because Mm -hmm. they don't want to be like a burden. And yeah. And so when someone like, have you ever been that person? That's like, I'm not looking for sympathy. I just have to like get it off my chest. Yep. And when they give you sympathy, it's like not what you need in that moment. And so it can almost like make it worse sometimes and like put you deeper into that victim mindset. 
Yeah. And that's what happened to me was like when I, everyone was like, I don't really know what she needs right now. You know, I can be, and I don't really even know the difference between sympathetic and empathetic, but whatever, like they were giving me as much as they could give me without having like the skills and tools to help me actually figure out what I did need mm-hmm. to the point where when I went to therapy, I was like, I fuck that. Uh, that wasn't it. <laughs> I yeah. hate that. And I'm never going back. And I didn't go back for five years until my whole life got completely debilitated by anxiety. Like it was so bad. And thank God I like had the strength to do the personal growth myself, but like without, like it took me five years to finally realize on my own that I needed to go to therapy or at least start talking about it and doing something. Whereas like, again, if I had someone like you that helped me be like, Hey, no, like you don't need sympathy. You don't need whatever, whatever. We're going to get you out of this victim mindset and um, this is, these are the steps that we're going to take. And like, I've been there so you can trust me. Yeah. And it, that's why I think like coaching is so crucial. And like, look, you can find the best therapists out there. They're out there that are capable of really transforming your life, but they're far and few between because like, I think therapy has become so um, like diluted and I think they become so overworked. And so they just don't show up and their tools are outdated. They, they don't work as well anymore. We've discovered tools that have worked so much quicker and a lot more potent. And so people who are like implementing those things like EFT, NLP, that type of stuff, um, hypnosis, mental emotional release, that has been shown to have results within minutes. And so yeah. people are just spending all their time and money in this therapist with where they're not seeing results. Honestly, I had a client where their therapist was making it worse. Yeah. See, I find that so crazy. And that kind of makes me excited to talk more about what a stress and anxiety coach does versus what a therapist does in terms of like tools that they use with their clients. What is like, what was your moment that you realized like, Hey, I should probably figure my shit out. Like I'm going through some stuff, like kind of take us back to like previous versions of Liz, you know, and what that, what you needed at the time. Dude, high school Liz scares me. me and like, <laughs> yeah, scares me to even think about her. Um, She was just so broken and like her way of, I love how I talk about myself and like as her, but <laughs> it is I'm her. Not, um, yeah, it is her. Like, I'm not that girl anymore. She's down there. She's deep down there. Like she's, uh-huh. she's tried to crawl herself her way out before, <laughs> but, um, and like, I'm really thankful for her because she kept me alive and she, that's how I am where I am now. But she had this, such this tough wall up, like this tough persona. My, I literally had people in high school that would tell my siblings that they're scared of me. And it was only because I was so defensive and aggressive and like I didn't let anyone anyone near me and I almost like protected my energy on such a toxic level because I didn't trust anyone yeah I thought everyone was just a piece of shit mm-hmm. I thought like there was just bad intentions behind everything because that was my reality you know so high school was tough and then I went into college and it got worse and what I happened just, um I think well college freshman year I got officially diagnosed with depression, anxiety, all that stuff. I got diagnosed with like PTSD, dissociation disorder, and they put me on meds. And so now I'm 18 in a college where I knew no one. 
And I tried to fit in with my college roommates friend group and I didn't. I was a huge outcast and mm -hmm. um, they made it very clear that I was an outcast. And on top of that, I'm out drinking, trying to navigate my way, being alone and just got pres prescribed Xanax. Yeah. And so anytime that I felt like shit, I would just pop a pill and it was dangerous. And then I would go and drink on them. Yeah. And then I would be exhausted in the morning because I was just drinking on Xanax that I would snort a line of 30 XR Adderall. Yeah. And then it became just a toxic cycle. That's exactly what it was at. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night and panic, like wake up in the middle of my sleep because I couldn't breathe and then start freaking out, panicking, take a Xan, go back to bed. And it was just like toxic cycle. Do you feel like medication it can be helpful? Oh, people are not going to like me for this. Um, okay. I'm not for it. I'm not for it. Look, if you're on medication and it's helping you and you're not abusing it and it's working well for you and you've been on it for a while, sure, go for it. But I'm 100% holistic route. I don't even take antibiotics unless I absolutely need to. And there's yeah. no other way that I can kill whatever's in my body. And even when I take antibiotics, afterwards i take holistic steps in order to regrow my my um you know healthy gut bacteria so i think <laughs> i was actually just talking to my client about this last night modern medicine and i don't jive like i think that it is a <laughs> yeah. huge scam and oh I for think, sure and not saying that doctors aren't educated but they're not educated in the right things they're educated on like symptoms equal this medication. Yeah. It's like a math equation. Yep. And that's how they think. And it's like, it's not their fault. That's how they're taught. They're not taught nutrition, gut health, you know, healthy microbiome, how that affects your mental health, like anything like that. And even if they are, it's so basic that it's just like, meh. So yeah. when medication comes into it, um, I'm not for it only because medication just masks your symptoms it doesn't hit the root. Yeah, that makes sense. So what happened when you realized, okay, maybe this isn't like the best situation for me? And like, did you go back to the doctors? Did you just stop taking it? Like, what was your thing? I stopped cold turkey, which I do not recommend. <laughs> I was like a freaking bull in a china shop back then. So anything that I did back then, do not take his advice. <laughs> um, I just stopped cold turkey and I was still you know, doing drugs and alcohol and just being crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I think, crap, what year was that? I think maybe 2016, 2017 okay. um, is when I had my suicide attempt. And that was a huge awakening because it scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. I just can't imagine like what that immediate thought process was after you kind of sit there and you realize like, holy shit, what the fuck was that? It now, now what do I do? You know, it happened so quick and I was like, so out of control and it's crazy. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this, at least in some sense, especially the people who deal with like chronic anxiety. I felt like I was not in control. Yeah. Like there was something driving my brain yep. and it was like, do this. And it happened. Like, I didn't even think twice about it. And then once it happened, it came to it. And I was like, holy shit, that was not me. Like yep. what just happened? And 
it scared me um, a lot because I realized I was like, this isn't what I want. I don't want to die. Like, yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of the story of the guy that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge? Yes, and he lived. Died? Yeah. And then his story was like, I regretted it the second I jumped. Yeah. You almost realize even the bad things aren't so bad because there's so much better out there. You almost immediately think about all of the things that you love and things that you look forward to. And you're like, oh shit, like I had Stacy's fucking dinner on Saturday. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I really wanted to go eat some bomb dinner with her. Like, I don't want to miss that. Yeah. I don't want to miss these things. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like my best friend was there with me and she took care of me. She like wrapped up my wrist and stuff. And like, what was really scary was like, afterwards my friends we were all in a house together all my friends like went in the bathroom like hid the razors yeah like took things away from me and I just like looked at myself in the mirror and was like I I'm so out of control that people need to like hide things from me like it's just yeah it's that was like my turning point did you seek out getting any help from anybody else or were you kind of like I'm taking my life into my own hands in a way where I'm going to figure it out on my own. And these are like, what were your tangible steps after that? I didn't know what to do. Like I was lost. And so I did it myself, but it wasn't even be, that wasn't a choice. That was just like the only thing I had in front of me. And so, I mean, cause at that point, so I moved out of my house when I was 17. And so I was like in and out of in and out of like homes not homes but like friends homes families homes wherever I could sleep but like all my shit was in my car and I was 18 and I was at my sister's house and my dad came in and looked my sister in the eyes while I was standing right there and shoot he was like this is the best place for her because I can't take care of her and that moment I just felt so like alone and abandoned even though my sister had my back for my whole life we ended up getting in a fist fight at one point and then I got kicked out and it was like constant chaos. So that was a little bit of my life after the suicide attempt, still chaotic. When I started dating my ex, his mom was so holistic, like the healthiest person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And you want to know what's crazy? The first thing that introduced me to like holistic healing was a chiropractor. Wait, me too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she was like, I have this chiropractor. I'm actually going to go see her like next week. I have this chiropractor, like, cause I was having crazy brain fog and like yeah. complete, like low energy fatigue. I was so stressed. I wasn't eating. I was miserable. And she was like, I think you need to get adjusted. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Adjust? <laughs> Never heard that one before. <laughs> Yeah, like I need to just get out of here. I need to go run away and live in the woods. That's what I need to do. And she was like, no, you need to get adjusted. And I went and it's like weird. And this is why I try, this is why I like implementing things like NLP where you feel, and like breath work where you feel results immediately. That just like changes something in your brain. You're just like, oh shit. Like this can work. And this can work. I can feel different. So yeah, chiropractic care was what started my journey actually I kind of want to fast forward a little bit into when people come to see you with 
as like a stress and anxiety coach, what are like the most common things that people are coming to see you for like symptom wise, or what are they dealing with when they're like, I, I need this now? Yeah. Um, majority of people are dealing with chronic fatigue. So like you're dragging yourself out of bed, you can't get up, you're having that midday crash, like glaze over your eyes, feels like a fog around your head type of thing, bloating, can't sleep, horrible sleep, anxiety, just like daily anxiety, you know what I mean? Just kind of like there. Yeah. Panic attacks. Yeah, this is the typical, this is the typical thing that I see. And then once we start diving into thoughts, a lot of people lack self-trust. They lack self-confidence because they were told something in the past that stuck with them. They haven't let go of a lot. A lot of people are holding on to grudges mm-hmm. and trying to like basically be karma themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's creating a lot of inflammation in their body. Trouble with relationships, just like in general, because yeah. they don't know how to express their emotions. And so it's very overwhelming to their partner. And maybe their partner's not, you know, being supportive, just like a toxic dynamic in that way. And then really just like the inability to deal with stress, like yeah. going going into burnout fairly quickly. I I know that sounds like a lot, but it all connects. Yeah. Um, once you fix one thing, it's a domino effect. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. So like the first couple of weeks, we're focusing on like gut health. That's mm-hmm. going to fix a lot when it comes to like your bloating, your headaches, your fatigue, all that good stuff. And then once you start feeling physically better, then we can start going into like, how do you manage stress? What mm-hmm. do you do when you're stressed? How do you avoid burnout? Like that type of stuff. So when I realized I needed to get a little bit more support with my mental health, this was like over the course of five years. Now I know that a lot of my issues stem back from childhood and things like that. But I used to think I was completely fine. Like, again, I would go out, I would drink, I would go out and like have a good time. I would always be with friends, like super socializing. But then on the other hand, it's like that stuff was just adding and snowballing to my anxiety, my anxiety, my gut health being all fucked up. Like then I would get all pissed off when I would have anxiety and I would get mad at people and then I couldn't concentrate and work. Like I just remember Like it was like two summers ago at this point and I was not able to leave my house, like drive more than five minutes away without thinking that I was going to die or that I would, that I would like intrusive thoughts would come in and I'd be like, I'm, I might as well just like, just turn the car around. Like I might as well on this highway on 76 into Philly, just go right into the Google. Like it, and it got so brutal to the point where I was like, okay, so I'm not doing that. Okay. Restaurants. I would go out to eat with my boyfriend or with friends and I would feel so trapped there. I would start getting panic attacks there. I would start like, I would have to go to the bathroom and then just like hang out there. And I'm like, this is miserable. Like all I'm trying to do is drive to my physical therapy appointments. All I'm trying to do is to go have, you know, a drink with my friend out at like a restaurant. And I can't do that. Yeah. And my life became so debilitating and I felt like, and then I started to go into like a depression because I'm like, the, now I feel like I can't focus at work, like, because I'm having a panic attack about my financials, like everything started to come into play. And I was like, I just need, I just need somebody. I need something. Like I started to realize that like my life, as much as it seemed like it was okay, wasn't okay. And I also just let it be for so long. And I don't know why I did that. 
you know, I just don't know why I let it sit that way for so long. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's your programming. I mean, it takes, it's weird. Like I actually was just talking about this on TikTok and it was like my one, my one experience that made me so aware of a loop that I had. And it just like, sometimes it just clicks, but until then you're on auto, you're on auto drive, like Mm -hmm. autopilot, like you're just going because it's your programming. It's a loop in your brain. And so, especially if you've been doing it over and over for so long, you're not aware. And that's why like for the first half of the 90 days, awareness, building awareness is key. And honestly, like that's one of the biggest things that my clients take away from the 90 day program is knowing like when they're doing what you were just talking about, like, okay, I'm having an intrusive thought, like being able to pull yourself out of it. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your program, the 90 day program? What, uh, like phases are there? What are you working on? And do you mostly see clients like come away with something great and positive after it? Oh yeah. Um, so it's called release and restore. And so you can think of it as like three pillars. The first one is foundation work. That's going to be like your gut health, getting your sleep in order, feeling good, physically moving, that type of stuff, drinking your water. You would be so surprised that the amount of people there's, what is that thing called where it's like the buzzing in your ears? I have no, I like the ringing in your ears. There's this, it's like colitis or something. There's, um, there's something called, there's a condition that someone has buzzing in their ears consistently. That sounds horrible. All the time. So my client that I was working with had it for like 14 years and it got so bad that she couldn't listen to like the radio. She couldn't listen to anything that was like high pitched because it would just hurt her head because of the buzzing. Do you want to know what fixed it? Water. Water and diet fixed it. It's amazing. It was crazy. And so, yeah, anyways, I just had to tell that because I just think it's such a crazy story. Well, it goes to show like it's, it's sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard. It's like, how can I make this easier for myself? Yeah. And like, I mean, look, it's not as easy as me being like, drink more water. I had right. to stay on her ass. Like she needed accountability. And that's majority of why you get a coach anyways. But um, so there's like three pillars. There's foundation work which is like your sleep, your gut health, all that. Then you go into release. This is like where we start diving into like the really, really deep shit. This is like where we start to release stuck trauma, stuck emotions, things that you're holding on to that you've hold, that you've held on to like since childhood. Um, we start diving into like the subconscious beliefs, like these programmings that you've created at such a young age in adolescence. That's basically forming your view of your reality. We start to become aware of those and then we release them. And then once we start to release them and you start to feel better and good, because basically people explain it as like, they feel like a weight has been lifted off of them Mm -hmm. and they feel calmer. Once they're at that point consistently, then we'll go into restoring, which is where we start reprogramming. And now we start replacing with like positive thoughts and positive habits. Basically, I think of it as like, you have to move out the old furniture before you move the new one in. Yeah. we get all the old shit out and then we start working on adding the new stuff. So you were saying something about NLP. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to people what NLP is? Is that kind of like 
I, all I know is that it has something to do with your subconscious, but that's about all I know about it. Yeah. So NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. Um, and so that's more so like my technique. And then I'm going later this year to get certified as a mental emotional release and hypnosis that has something to do with NLP too. So what they do is the basics of it is we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The subconscious holds all of our attitudes, beliefs, our way that we see the world, what we believe to be true. And then we have a conscious mind and that's where we start to take in everything in our surroundings. But basically we get delivered about 2 million bits of information per second, but our brain can't take that in. And so it has a filtering system. And so the filtering system takes in about 126 bits out of that 2 million. What it bases, it's how it knows what to pull Mm -hmm. based on the subconscious. That's so cool. Okay. So it's like based off your core beliefs, based off of what you believe, your attitudes, it's called confirmation bias. So like if you have a core belief that, you know, you're not worthy of making money or you have like a very scarce, like money mindset, then your world is going to show you that type of scarcity. Does that make sense? Like you're not going to be attracting money. You're not going to be attracting like high level opportunities and stuff like that because you are subconsciously pushing them away. We will delete, distort, or stereotype. So if people are focusing on the negative, we're just talking to my client about this late earlier. He was like, I feel like such a loser. Like my truck keeps breaking down. I've had two divorces. I don't have my own house. And I just feel like such a failure. And I said, well, that's your core belief. Your core belief is that you're a failure. So everything in your world that supports that belief, your truck breaking down, you not having a home to divorces is going to get magnetized because you only can take in so many bits of information. So your brain is cherry picking things to confirm the core belief. I said, now, if you switch it and you start believing that I attract good energy, I'm worthy of positive things happening to me. You have so many good things surrounding you. It's just your brain's deleting it because it's just not, that's not supporting what you think. Yeah. And you said that this is something like a tactic or a tool that you use with your clients that can almost immediately bring like relief and more positivity into their day. hundred percent. It's literally, they come out of it. Uh, So I put them in like a kind of like a hypnosis trance, but it's basically through mental rehearsal to the point where it's like a very deep relaxation. And then we get to the point where we can talk to the subconscious. And so um, we'll say, okay, bring up a time that we first started to create that core belief that I wasn't good enough. And all of a sudden this image comes up every single time my clients are blown away by what comes up. Like I remember my client thought that something was going to come up. And then all of a sudden she was a six-year-old sitting at her counter and her brother was making fun of her. And she was like, why the hell did that come up? And so your subconscious works in like images. And yeah. then the images are connected to a physiological response. So her image of her sitting there, whatever happened that time, her response was, I felt unheard. I felt unseen. I felt hurt, bullied, whatever. If we can shift that and start to create the physiological responses that she wished to felt in that mm-hmm. moment, then it's going to rewire the physiological response to that memory. That's wild. It's kind of like EMDR. 
It's kind of like, I feel like recreating or like retelling yourself a different, more in light story of what you're, if you hated your childhood, how can we make you remember like the good things or how you could have felt about it and things like that, instead of being super pissed off and then carrying that with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So like, we'll, we'll shift it. And then those negative feelings, we'll imagine it pretty much disappearing. And like, I always, I guide them. And at this point, like they're tingling, they're starting to feel it because I mean, think about it. People think themselves into panic attacks all the time. Yeah. So your brain is, has the ability to trigger physiological responses without a real trigger. Yeah. It doesn't know the difference between fake and real and Right. That's where we have of leverage. So we can get them into a state where they start to imagine, I have them like imagine like a rope is connected to their chest and they're just pulling it. And as they're pulling it, their emotions, that was a, the bad emotions that were associated with that memory is just leaving their body. Yeah. Yeah. And then after we replace it, That's... they go into their world where they can feel calm. Do you do that in one session with them? Like, okay. And so... we repeat it as needed. Yeah. What is, I know you touched based on this a little bit, but what's the difference between talk therapy with a therapist and just talking it out and talking it through to someone versus doing something like NLP with your clients? Yeah. Talk therapy, unless the therapist is, you know, educated in being able to hit the subconscious, you're on a conscious level. And so you're like, you're there, right? Like you're awake. You're just like, you're talking. When you go into the subconscious, you're pretty much in like a hypnosis. Yeah. Um, You're in like a theta state, which is basically the same state that your brain's in when it's dreaming. And so one, you're in a conscious state. Cognitive behavioral therapy, look, it can work really well, but I feel like people jump to it instead of understanding that emotions demand to be felt and it's in the body. You're, You're holding these emotions, this stuck energy and this inflammation in your body. And so, for example, my client was seeing a therapist for a very long time. And every time I talked to him, it would get worse and worse and worse. And I was like racking my brain. What the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. He stopped meeting with her immediately started feeling better. And it was because with talking about it, she was bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up and not releasing it. Yeah. And so it was just sitting there all the time and it was just like in his like head and chest constantly yeah it's almost like you can never actually get it to go away yeah no yeah you make it more aware than it's ever been before yeah it's like literally in in front of your face and then you're like well how do I get rid of it like now you're here and you're like shit (laughs) yeah like like swatting it away get the hell out of here and it's I mean he was going for it consistently and so they were just consistently bringing it up bringing it up and just not releasing it and I always like to use the analogy of like think of it like a rock right because I'm sure all of you have felt like a heaviness in your chest when you have a lot of anxiety or like um, emotions that need to be released, especially if you're trying to hold them in. Think of it like a rock. When your emotion gets triggered, whether you talk about something, you remember something, whatever, it gets, it starts to come up. That's why you want to cry. That's why you want to yell. That's why you start to have this like physical release. And what this is demanding to be done is a four-step process awareness. So being like, okay, I have an emotion coming up. 
acknowledgement, acknowledging what the emotion actually is, and then feeling it. You need to be able to be vulnerable enough and have the tools like breathwork and somatic experiences to be able to support your body through feeling that emotion and then releasing it, letting it go. And so she was like bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. And then it just got stuck. And a lot of people push it down. Yeah, that's so crazy. I feel like sometimes I feel like that happens with me where I'll be in therapy and I might, I feel like, yes, therapy's helped me so much with my anxiety and being able to live my life uh, in a way bigger capacity than I ever have. Yeah. But there are times where I just feel like there are things that I can't shake or they always come back up and it's like a common theme. But self-awareness, I completely agree, is one of the best things you could ever give to yourself because the moment you can become self-aware is the moment you can change your freaking life because you get it. You understand yourself and you can kind of understand the outside world a little bit better and not take so much in and internalize it. You actually kind of like process it through and become better because of it. A hundred percent. And I think, like you said, you start to be aware and understand how humans work And so when someone is treating you a certain type of way, I think that that's honestly one of the biggest things I've taken from healing is, and I'm in the process of healing, right? You're never like fully healed. I don't believe you're ever fully healed. I think there's always something that is going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly in the process of healing. And I think the biggest thing I've taken away is hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot deeper of a meaning to that. Like, everyone's actions, opinions of you, the way that they treat you has nothing to do with you. It is an internal representation. It's a representation of how they internally feel about themselves. It's their perception based on their core beliefs. It has nothing to do with you. Like it's almost like a hard pill to swallow, but it's also like you come out so free because of it. Cause you're like, all right, maybe I don't like this relationship so much. And like me being a people pleaser, that's like the hardest thing ever is you're like, oh my God, how can I make this better? How can I make this better? And you become so anxious because of it, stressed. And it has to do with, again, like your work, like how can I be better and like do more for my clients than maybe I should? Or how should I overextend in this relationship to make them like me more? Like, how can I keep this friendship? I feel like we're distancing and like things like that. So it's like, yeah, just becoming, yeah, it's, it's a vicious cycle for sure. It is. And the biggest thing you can do is surrender. I think like me learning how to trust in the universe is and like trust that everything happens for me instead of to me I see times of me being triggered or treated badly as either a lesson or a opportunity for me to show up differently I think that that has been like such a healing healing thing for me like when people get me out of character because look it happens like I'm not perfect so like sometimes, especially specific people in my life know how to do it and they they get to me sometimes and I'll reflect and I'll find myself like getting really mad at myself for not showing up the way that I would like to. Mm-hmm. But then I bring myself back down and I'm like, okay, well, let's just, you know, take this as a lesson. Like this is something that maybe you have to heal a little bit more. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with my friend this morning about how she was having, just long story short, she's throwing a party for her boyfriend's birthday and there's a theme going on for it. And so the girlfriend picked the theme. It's like a surprise party. And the next day she went to dinner at her friend's and her friend was like, 
I've been getting a lot of pushback about this theme that you picked. Like, I'm pretty sure like nobody wants to do it. And also like, I think it's stupid as fuck. Oh shit. And my friend was like, okay, well, you know, thank you. And then like, whatever happened. And then she went home and she woke up this morning and she was like, can I just talk to you about something really quick? Like, why did that irk me to my core? And I'm like, I don't even think it's like the action of it. I was like, but you also have to realize like that person said that to you because they're feeling some type of way about themselves about it. It has nothing to do with the fact you chose whatever theme. I was like, it's a freaking party theme. Like who cares? It has nothing to do with you. And she was like, and then I was like, also, you just have to think about like the grand scheme of things. Like shit's not that big of a deal, you know? Honestly, I that's like a big thing that I've been preaching recently is like people create stories around like emotions. And so she, your friend had an emotion around it. Like, right. She was triggered in some type of way. And I'm sure she probably couldn't even put her finger on what it was. She was just like, I just know I feel something about this right now. Yeah. And so instead of just like allowing herself to like sit in that uncomfort and just like be unaware, but then also present, And being like, I can't put a name to this right now, but I know I feel uncomfortable. So I'm just going to like, let it ride. She created a story. Yeah. And now that shit's rooted. Now she's like, no, something's wrong right now. She's holding on to it because the second you create a story, it attaches to your identity. Yeah. Once that happens, you start a subconscious loop. So, yeah. And you take that. And again, it was like over 24 hours since it happened and it's still there. And I get it. And that's what I mean. Like you were saying, like, you're still working on your, you know, stress and anxiety and things you deal with. And like, so am I. And it's like, you know, as much as we can practice it, we can definitely become better in certain situations with handling our stress and anxiety. But, you know, there's always going to be moments or things that, I mean, we've lived a lifetime of experiences that have rooted within us for such a long time that it's like, I mean, to to say we could tackle all of it in our lifetime is a lie. Like we just yeah. can't, but right. we can manage it better. Yeah, we can be aware of it and we can create empathy for ourselves. Like, I think the biggest thing is like understanding, like, again, like you said, you're never going to be fully healed. There's going to be things that trigger you. We have literally lived a lifetime. Just understand that like you're human. Yeah. And that within itself should just like lift. Lift it. Yeah. Yeah. So when do you feel like someone should seek out going to a stress and anxiety coach like what's going on that you feel like it's time oh i'm gonna give the advice to do it before it gets bad um because the worse it is the longer we're gonna have to work together and not that i don't want to work with you for a long time it's just a lot of people don't realize that like this this work doesn't happen overnight and you're like you said, it took years for you to create that loop. People try to create new loops within a week and it doesn't yeah. work like that. So I would say if you can catch it before it gets bad, and this is what it looks like catching it before it gets bad is, are you getting to the point where, and these are very, very small things, but I want you to like, just become aware of it because they're actually a lot bigger than what they sound like. Are you getting angry and triggered in traffic? Are you getting impatient and mad in line? Is someone who may be a little bit close to you or chewing a little bit too loud pissing you off, right? Things like that is just signs that your system is deregulated. 
And so if you can learn how to regulate yourself in those moments, then you're going to get a handle on it. Okay. Look, everyone has trauma. We can dive deep into that. Right. So I would say like, those are the little signs is when you can start seeing yourself getting very agitated or like angry pretty quickly or like overly emotional, like everything's emotionally charged. You're crying all the time. Like there's a balance between having emotions and being overly emotionally charged. So I would say like, just keep an eye on like, are you just kind of like out of yourself, like being really agitated? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think when you were saying all of those life situations that could really get to you, it's like, those are the building blocks. Those are like just day-to-day living, like where it starts. Yeah. And then next thing you know, yeah. And the cool thing about working with you is that you start to, like you said, connect the dots on maybe why you're so angry all the time or why you're crying all the time and why you're so sad. And again, those feelings are so valid. Like you're allowed to cry. You're allowed to get mad, like feel the feels. It's better than not feeling anything at all, but let's release them. Yeah. Like just knowing that there's an answer to it, that you, that's not how you have to live life. And that's how you and I lived for so long back in college was we can just get a grip. We'll keep pushing it away. We'll keep drinking, having a good time, having friends, like, you know, going out with friends. Like you can, again, you can do all those things in a healthy way, but, you know, getting a grip on it early and realizing like, okay, like this is getting a little bit concerning. Like, you know, I'm out till the sun is up. Like, four nights a week, like, and it's going to five soon. Like maybe we should like figure some shit out and that's okay. Like also like just knowing, like admitting that, you know, you not being okay is okay. And that you're not there to judge them. You're there because you were there and you still have moments of being there. And you're now turning what you went through into something so positive. And again, you can relate to them. Like you've been there. It's not like you're just like doing this for, funsies you're doing it because you were there yeah I'm doing it because like I honestly like I found the way and so I feel like I it's a disservice by not like giving it to others and honestly it just fills my cup like being able to talk about this stuff and like shift people's mindsets and heal them um I think I just like was born with like a natural healing energy I think everyone was born with like a you know something that they can give back to the world and like I finally found mine so I definitely just that's why I'm doing it is because I want to get back to you guys. I also think too, a lot of people come to me. I've worked with a lot of people who are shifting in careers and don't really know where they want to go. They're in a point in their life. Yeah. They're in a point in their life where they're like, okay, I know I don't want to be this person, but I have no idea what that, like where I'm supposed to go. I feel so stuck in like the hamster wheel. And I feel like I'm not making movement whatsoever. That's another um, thing that you can look out because at the end of the day, I'm a life coach too. So um, you can like look out for coaching in that way too, because in the 90 day program, we connect to your higher self. We get to know who they are, what it looks like to embody them. What are the specific steps in order to wear those shoes, how to show up as them every day? What are your goals? What do you actually want? Right? Like you get really clear on that. Um, So it really helps people like, um, figure out where they want to go. But yeah, I've helped, I've helped many people like go into their own business and quit their job. So amazing. Yeah. I always felt like for me personally, I've always struggled with a life purpose and like that feeling sucks. That's a horrible feeling. Like not knowing 
where am I supposed to go to next? Why do I have these feelings? Am I crazy? Am I by myself? Am I alone in this thought? Everyone else seems like they have their shit together and I don't, but it's like, again, like there are people out there that are on that same page with you, but there are people like you that can help them find their way and become better. Yeah. And like skip all of the unnecessary steps that if you were to try to do it on your own, you're probably going to hit. Um, I just posted a thing recently um, on my Instagram. My last post is, it's just like you have three options, right? Like you can either just stay where you are and continue to feel like this. And it's probably going to get worse. Or you can try to do it yourself, which means you're going to spend most likely thousands of dollars. I spent 10K before I saw results. You're going to spend thousands of dollars, hours and days on research, trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out what, sh- what gives you, you know, results and, or you can hire a coach and they can get your results within weeks. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Really? If we go back yeah. to the NLP thing, like, well, yeah, I mean, immediately it's just, I'm not, if you are in the 90 day program, you're probably not going to get into that stuff until like week six, week seven, just because I am huge on creating a foundation. A lot of people and a lot of therapists are not like trauma aware and they don't understand that like if someone doesn't know how to breathe correctly if they don't know how to support themselves and their bodies through stressful emotional releases it can be re-traumatizing so until someone gets really comfortable with like breath work and like regulating we don't dive into that stuff yeah that makes sense how can people if they want to work with you is the 90-day program the only program you have that for people to work with? Like what, what do you got going on in business? How can people work with you? Yeah. So honestly, um, I would say the 90 day program is a very intensive, high level stress and anxiety releasing program. So if you are dealing with chronic stress, chronic anxiety, panic attacks, you literally have no idea how to get out of it. The 90 day program is good for you. Um, I also offer just one-on-one coaching. So go ahead and feel free to just put in an application. There's a excerpt in there where you can just say what you're dealing with. I've helped people with money mindset. Like I said, transferring into different um, careers. I've helped one of my clients right now. She's about to be a mom. So she's really just getting her life and her mindset set up for that. So, I mean, mindset can really be applied to a lot of different life um, things. But so one-on-one coaching, And then the 90-day program, Release and Restore. And then I now have a subscription. So that's going to be a monthly subscription where you get um, access to all of my masterclasses. I release one to two masterclasses a month uh, for free. And then you're also going to get weekly support, a community, and access to, um, you know, lives with me and Q&As. Amazing. I literally, like, guys, if you're dealing with stress and anxiety, which we all do, and just life stuff. Definitely Liz is like your fucking person. Um, I have one question for you left. What would you say to someone who's in the dark right now, just struggling with even thinking that there's someone out there that can help them? Or if they're feeling really lost, like what is your advice to them in terms of like getting the help and like finding a better place on the other side? I mean, it sounds so cliche, but it gets better. And, but you have to like, I am a big advocate for not being in the victim mindset. So my advice right now is going to be out of the victim mindset. So I am sorry if it triggers you, but if it triggers you, 
probably a sign. Um, when you get sick of your own shit, that's when you see change. Okay. So if you're not willing to look for change or even talk to a coach or try different types of things, you're not sick of your shit yet. It's like bringing a alcoholic to AA and saying, okay, sit down. And they're like, I'm not ready to quit. You know what I mean? They're not going to listen. So I think one of the biggest things that the reason why I saw results was I was sick of my shit. Yeah. I, I love that. And that's just like, that's kind of what happened to me with like, I couldn't even leave my house. I was like, I, you know, I kind of want to live my life a little bit better. Like, I just want something to get better. I want my relationships to thrive a little bit more. Uh, literally just go see the world. Yeah. The only thing holding you in the mindset and the world and the reality that you're in right now is you. Period. 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 Far too often we put ourselves in these cages and then we lock it and we hold the key. And yet we complain that we're in this cage. And I mean, for so long, you're, you are literally able to get out, but people are just so blinded by obviously trauma, baggage, like that type of stuff. And yeah, look, it wasn't your fault. What happened to you isn't your fault at all at all. And like working with a coach, you're able to actually face that and hold these people responsible and let go and forgive. But at the end of the day, in order to get there, you have to understand that what happened to you wasn't your responsibility, but your responsibility to heal is yours. It's like you said back in the beginning, once you get that moment of relief where you see a specific mindset shift, like the smallest change in your life, it's like addicting to want to become better and see the world differently and make new friendships that are healthier and like do the things that actually benefit your life. It's like, just start small, start small. When you get that instant validation for what you're doing to try and better your life. I mean, there's no, there's no stopping too good. Everything you have to say too good. Is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap it up? No, I mean, come join my community. Even if like you aren't quite sure if one-on-one coaching's for you, message me. I mean, let's talk about it. Even if it's not for me, you can ask me some questions about like, is a coach right for me? Um, I offer a lot of like free value as well. I have a Facebook page that's free. Um, I like to give out freebies and stuff like that. And I mean, like I said, I launch masterclasses every month too. So you can even get into the, the mindset that way. Yeah. What are the uh, handles that people can find you at? Yeah. So my Instagram is at wellness with period Liz with two Z's. And in that um, Instagram, you'll see a link tree in my link um, in my bio. And that's going to give you access to everything. Um, My Facebook group, my master classes, my applications, my 90 day programs. And then, yeah, I mean, my subscription, everything's under there. Awesome. I'm also just popping in really quick to let you guys know that if you are listening to this episode and you are interested in working with Liz, she's actually offering a discount of 50% off the first month of working with her. If you message her and you're interested in working with her, give her the code MIND, M-I-N-D, 50 to get 50% off of working with Liz for the first month, which is so dope. Liz, thank you so much for being the first. Thank you. Like, person on this podcast to be honest I was nervous I was so nervous (laughs) you weren't I was 